The Sacramento Kings demolish the Indiana Pacers on Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald's return to Sacramento. And now that this game is over and done with, enough with the talk about the trade, enough with the narrative that the Kings were somehow fleeced by the Pacers, and enough with asking Tyrese Halliburton for his thoughts and his feelings about being traded. Let's all just move on. The Kings snap a three-game losing streak, do exactly what they needed to do in this game. We're going to dive in deep. Plus, you're going to hear from Tyrese Halliburton right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today presented by Sweat Block. If you or someone or you know is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweat Block. You can save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available on Amazon. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 here in Sactown. And of course, today was an emotionally charged day. Coming up to the Golden One Center, I arrived here early, was here when the doors were opened and fans were let in. There were a ton of Sacramento Kings, Tyrese Halliburton jerseys. You knew that this was going to be a big game. And while during shoot-around, both Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton were asked about tonight's game and they did what they could to kind of brush off or brush under the rug the emotional charge and their feelings towards the Sacramento Kings and feelings towards this opportunity to take the floor in Sacramento and maybe make the Kings regret their decision. They kind of blew that off, but we knew the reality was both those guys were looking to make a statement, as were the Sacramento Kings, who not only were trying to snap a three-game losing streak, but I guarantee you were tired of hearing the narratives themselves. The reality is we need to stop talking about the trade that happened last year. It's over. It's done with. Let's start talking about this year's Sacramento Kings team. And I think that's how this, these players want it. I think that's how this Kings locker room wants it. And that's how they played tonight. They played as if they were wearing T-shirts that said on the front, stop talking about last year's trade. And on the back it said, start talking about us. This Kings team clearly did not care, did not give a damn about Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald's return. They they dominated this game from start to finish. And with the exception of a couple of pushes here and there by the Indiana Pacers, Sacramento was in full control tonight. They beat the Pacers, honestly, easily, 137 to 114. I know the Indiana Pacers have a better record than the Sacramento Kings. I know the Indiana Pacers are off to a surprisingly good start, more surprising even than the good start that the Kings are off to. The Indiana Pacers did not look good tonight. They did not look impressive. Now, it could just be a one-night struggle fest. It could also be that they ran into a buzzsaw in the Kings that were just as emotionally charged as maybe some of the Pacers were. A t Kings team that was on a three-game losing streak knowing they've already been through four straight losses. They weren't going to allow it to happen again. Indiana got shell-shocked in this game. And in reality, this was exactly what the Sacramento Kings needed. You take this game that has all these off-the-court narratives, right? All of this emotion attached to it. Take all of the, 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 the distractions around this one game, but when it comes to basketball, on the floor, for 48 minutes, you kick ass. You dominate. 
And by doing so, not only do you silence all that, oh, those off-the-court conversations, you bring the attention back where it belongs on you, on your current basketball team, not past moves that the organization may have made on how this team has improved. And by doing so, you also snap a three-game losing streak, get back to how you were feeling. You light the beam again here in Sacramento, both uh, Malik Monk and 50 Cent, who was in the building, got to hit the button and light the beam tonight. Uh, I walked outside before shooting this. The beam is still on. Great to see, even though it's like 1145 at this point and everybody has more than gone home. It was a great night. A great night for so many reasons, and I think the Sacramento Kings handled their business tonight exactly the way they should. They looked like a team that even if, uh, Keegan Murray said after the game, they wanted to get this one for DeMontis Sabonis, right? Because it was the first time Sabonis was playing his former team in the Indiana Pacers. They wanted to get this win for him. They knew the emotions coming into this game. They wanted to win this game. But they played as if all the noise had nothing to do with them. They played as if they were the better team on their home floor, and they were going to prove it. It's kind of the same way in, 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 in a lot of ways they approached the TNT game in this building taking on the Brooklyn Nets. They're on a skid. They're going to break that skid. They're going to send a message to the rest of the league. They knew a lot of eyes were on this game because of the narratives surrounding And Maybe those eyes were tuning in to see what Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald were going to do to the Kings. Since so many people, some, for some reason, believed, and the narrative outside of Sacramento was all of this, hey, the Kings got fleeced. How could the Kings trade Tyrese Halliburton? How could the Kings give away such a promising young talent and include one of the best shooters in the league in the trade? All that noise silenced because the Sacramento Kings said, we're the better basketball team, damn it, and we're gonna show it. And it was great to see. It was a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways. And as much as I wanted to see this game from a narrative standpoint come down to the wire, as much as I wanted to see a great Tyrese Halliburton performance matched by a great De'Aaron Fox performance, I'm more than okay with this outcome. Beyond the starting lineups, beyond the introductions, the Kings didn't give those two any respect whatsoever. And Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald didn't have the best of games. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but right now I recorded what the reactions were like when Tyrese was introduced and when Buddy Heald was introduced. They couldn't be more opposite. Sorry, audio listeners, you're just going to have to listen and hopefully you, it, it translates. Video watchers, you're going to actually see them running out and their reactions to the ovation that they got. raucous cheers, the standing ovation that Tyrese Halliburton received, no chance he was going to receive anything different. I know there were comments that Tyrese made on J.J. Reddick's podcast and when he's been asked a million times uh, about the trade and he talked about the Kings not really having a culture while he was here and yada, 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 yada. I never felt that he said anything egregious, although I understand it did sound like sour grapes in a lot of ways. There was no chance that Tyrese Halliburton was going to get booed in this game. No chance whatsoever. Tyrese was a fan favorite while he was here. He was loved while he was here. He has said nothing but nice things and good things about the Sacramento Kings fan base. Thought he was going to spend his entire career here. The reaction that he received, the ovation that he received at the beginning of the game, I thought was perfect and was fitting. And I like the fact that after that point, Kings fans acknowledged him like they would not acknowledge any other player. They didn't clap every time he shot the ball or had a made shot. They didn't ooh and ah when he did something impressive passing the ball. 
He was just another player, another visiting player. I thought that was appropriate. Also, unless I missed it, which I very well could have because I was distracted talking to a lot of you uh, fans tonight, missed the start of the third quarter because of that. I didn't see any tribute video that the Kings put together for Tyrese, did they? Correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see it. And if they did, I would love to see it because I, I completely missed that. But the ovation that Buddy Heald got, the boos, the loud boos, I was a little surprised by that. Not going to lie. <laughs> Excuse me. I know Buddy wanted out. I know for the last kind of two seasons of his time here in Sacramento, Buddy Heald didn't really want to be a king. And whether his comments or his body language, it, it spoke volumes. We knew he didn't want to be a king. To his credit, or to his defense, he thought he was traded to L.A. and then that trade was taken off the table. He knew the Kings were ready to move on from him just as much as he was ready to move on from the Kings. I was annoyed plenty by Buddy Heald. The mistakes that he made, his turnovers, sometimes he was just stout, stat hunting, clearly out there going for his contract incentives and not trying to help the Kings win. I understand the frustrations of Kings players who were here, who were trying to improve, and Buddy Heald was checked out or didn't really seem as bought in as he is now with the Indiana Pacers. I understand all that. I don't think Buddy Heald deserved to be booed every single time he touched the ball. Just my opinion, if you paid money to come to this game, you can do whatever you like, whatever you like. And I don't have a problem necessarily with you booing Buddy Heald. I was, I, I just, <laughs> I personally felt that every time he touched the ball, a little bit excessive. Because in reality, Buddy Heald did give the Kings some really cool moments. He is the franchise leader in three-point shooting, which Scott Moog tried to say during his introduction and it got drowned out by the chorus of boos. Like, Buddy Heald had some good moments here in Sacramento. Buddy Heald did some good things here in Sacramento. And also, even if Buddy at times said too much during a press conference, and, and he did say some things at times where he had to go and apologize to his teammates and apologize to his coaches afterwards. Buddy Heald was sometimes too much of an open book. But as much as I was annoyed by Buddy, and believe me, I fire my fair amount of shots at Buddy for the mistakes that he made and, and kind of at times how bad he was with the Kings, especially over the final season and some change. But Buddy Heald is not a bad guy. He's a great story coming from nothing in the Bahamas to the success that he's having. I think he's a little full of himself at times, but I guess he's deserved it. He's earned it for how hard he's worked to get to this point. He is an incredibly hard worker. You can never take that away from him. Maybe he should work more on other things and not just his jump shot, but regardless, he's always working on his body. He busts his ass. He's a funny guy, too. He's a fun-loving guy, has a, a, a smile that's contagious, a great sense of humor. Like, you don't have to like Buddy Heald, and I'm not here to, to tell you to be a, a fan of Buddy Heald and switch it up when I've been so negative and critical towards Buddy Heald for a lot of the history of the Locked on Kings podcast. I'll just say this. I don't think Buddy deserved to be booed as much as he was, okay? I don't think he deserved to be booed that much. But switching off of that and on what the Sacramento Kings did to, the, to Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald in their return, the biggest number that I can give you that I think speaks to what Sacramento was able to do to those two in their homecoming is the amount of minutes they played. Buddy Heald played 27 minutes. Tyrese Halliburton played 25. Those are quick, short nights for two extremely important starters on a good Indiana Pacers team. The Sacramento Kings beat the Pacers so bad that both those guys came out around the two-minute mark of the third quarter, and their night was done. And at that point, this game was a blowout. Like, the, 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 the Pacers made a little bit of a run in that third quarter, got it to within 12, and I'm going to talk about this in a little bit because I 
think the fans deserve all the credit on the planet for sparking the Kings' run to really put the game out of reach at the end of that third quarter. 25 minutes, 27 minutes for Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald, that's extreme. Now, during those 25 minutes for Tyrese, he had nine points on a four of 13 shooting, had 10 assists. I didn't think Tyrese was that great. Now, he should have had a few more assists, honestly. And I think the Sacramento Kings actually forced Tyrese to, uh, to turn the ball over for the first time in like three or four games or something like that. So good on the Kings for that. But Tyrese didn't look great. Like, I wasn't wowed by anything Tyrese was doing. And then Buddy Heald, he finished with 17 points, went 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 8 from three-point range. He was taking a lot of shots early on. You could tell he wanted to get going. And every time he did hit a three, he turned around and he had something to say to the Kings crowd. He also had a big smile on his face every time he was booed. Buddy lives for that kind of stuff. It, he, that's how he reacts to things. So I didn't think Buddy was that great either. Also had four rebounds in 27 minutes. Like The fact that these two had homecomings that weren't really memorable beyond the ovations that they got is to me a huge compliment towards what the Sacramento Kings were trying to do. A huge endorsement for how the Sacramento Kings were able to handle the two of them. Now, after the game, I, instead of going to the Kings press conference, I actually went to the Indiana Pacers press conference. And I sat front row and was as close to Tyrese Halliburton as I am to this camera right now. And I asked him a couple of questions. I'm putting together three questions that he was asked back to back to back. Uh, two of them were by me. One was by Antonio Tony Harvey uh, here in, in Sacramento. And the first question that I asked Tyrese was, now that this game is over, now that he's had his Sacramento return, regardless of the result, is it time for the media to stop asking him questions, let him be a pacer, and let the Kings be the Kings? Or does he think that this is going to follow him around for the rest of his career? I think you're going to hear the question over again. I don't know why I'm explaining it. But anyway, I wanted Tyrese to talk about that a little bit. And one thing I loved about Tyrese while he was here in Sacramento, he's very open. And he speaks with, about how he feels. And I thought throughout this press conference, he even talked about the ovation that he got from the Kings. He talked about his culture comments and, and his opinion on the Kings culture right now. I love listening to Tyree speak. So take a listen. Is there a part of you now that this game has been played? It's like, just let me be a pacer, let them be the Kings and, and kind of stop asking me about stuff like this. Or do you think this is going to be a narrative that kind of follows you, this trade around for your career? I mean, it's, yeah, it's going to be here my whole career. And any answer that I give to questions that I'm asked, uh, you guys are going to talk about. So I can't control that. Um, I just answer questions that I'm asked on a nightly basis. Um, I don't know what y'all want me to do. Y'all want me to decline people's questions or whatever the case may be. So, uh, you know, I can't control that. And it's, it's going to follow me because, you know, just like I know, like the culture of basketball, they like to talk about the Kings in a negative way, even when they're doing well. So I can't control that. Um, you know, I, like I said, I've had an immature view on things. When I first got traded, I said some things that I probably shouldn't have said um, in terms of making them regret things, making people want to think about the Kings whenever I do well. I can't control that. You know, like that's, that's past me. Um, I've grown up. I've matured a little bit. Um, you know, but that, that's just going to be connected to me forever, and that's just how it is. Do you feel a culture change? From them. From the Kings. Uh, <laughs> is that a setup? Is that a setup on my answer? Um, nah, yeah, man. I mean, they're playing well. They're playing well. And um, people blew up over what I had to say about the culture of, you know, the Sacramento Kings before this. And um, I don't know why, seeing as I think multiple players 
you know, that were here with me would say the same thing. That's why there's been, co you know, coaching changes, GM changes, right? Like, I don't know why my words got blown out, out like that, but I can't control that. And uh, no, nah, man, they got guys that are, that are, I mean, Fox is here for the long haul. You know, he's trying to build something here. He's doing a really good job of that. Obviously, he's playing at an all-star level. Uh, Zabonis is playing well. You know, they got a good rookie coming in. I thought Herder was a big move this offseason. Their bench is really well really well put together. I mean, man, they're, they're a good team, and they're trying to build something. And uh, similar to us, we're just trying to get to the playoffs and, um, you know, trying to build every day. So they're doing a good job of that, um, and kudos to them. You've talked about your love of or your, the connection that you had with the Kings fans while you were here. How was that ovation that they gave you during starting lineups for two? Yeah, uh, meant a lot, meant a lot. Um, you know, I've said multiple times what this place means to me, what these people mean to me. You see there's a lot of people out here in my jersey. Um, a lot of people showing my pops love and my mom love and my girl love, you know, uh, throughout the day, all around town. So, um, means a lot, man. Means a lot. I'll be honest with you, I feel kind of bad for Tyrese. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, I don't feel bad in the sense that he's having a lot of success in Indiana. He is the man in Indiana. He's leading the league in assists. He's getting a ton of praise. He's getting paid a ton of money, right? Like, I don't feel bad for Tyrese in that sense. But while I don't necessarily agree that Tyrese's comments have been taken out of context over and over like he said before the game, I disagree with that. His comments have been pretty, pretty straightforward. And he has said some things that were definitely digs at the Kings. He straight up admitted that he, he was angry at members of the Kings organization, everybody in the Kings organization, including people that had nothing to do with the trade. Like, I understand that. I, I want him to wear that. I appreciate that. I, I want him to feel slighted with how the Kings traded him away. Felt like they needed to move on from him to fix their problems. And clearly, it's worked for both him and it's worked for the Kings. I'm okay, honestly. I didn't really take too much in a uh, I wasn't too upset with anything that Tyrese said. But where I feel bad for Tyrese is that he was asked about it over and over and over again. Now, he chose to answer it over and over and over again, and he kind of explained there he didn't want to be rude and he can't control the question being asked, and maybe he should dismiss those questions more. I think he should from this point. I think he should dismiss those, dismiss those questions unless the Kings and Pacers meet in a playoff. Well, it would have to be the NBA Finals. It's the only way these teams are meeting in the playoffs is the NBA Finals. So unless that's happening, I think he should dismiss it. I really think us in the media should stop asking him about it. It's over with. We're still going to – we still have time to make a final judgment on this trade because a lot of it has to do with what DeMontis Sabonis and the Kings do going forward. It has less to do with what Tyrese Halliburton does in Indiana. He's going to be there for a long time, maybe his entire career. I think it's time for the media to stop asking him. I think the Kings players, this current Kings team, wants nothing to do with that narrative and just say, focus on us. And I think he deserves to just be judged and talk about the things that he and the Indiana Pacers are doing because they're doing a lot of great things over there. So I feel bad for Tyrese that he has to keep answering questions. And then I, of course, was the guy that asked him a question. So look at me being a hypocrite. <laughs> Today, I haven't, even, I haven't even talked about DeMontis Sabonis yet. I mean, this was his first game against the Indiana Pacers. Going to talk about him. Going to talk about De'Aaron Fox. Have to talk about Harrison Barnes. Going to talk about Malik Monk. And I have a lot of credit to give to you, Kings fans. I'm going to get to that in just a second after I tell you about another great sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast. Like I said at the top of the show, today's episode is brought to you by Sweatblock. Sweatblock is a product that I use every single week. 
Now, it's important that you note that I didn't say every single day. That's because sweat blocks are these antiperspirant wipes that deal with all those sweat stains and all those odors that are more obnoxious than anything else. Even if you shower regularly, even if it's not that hot outside, sometimes we deal with that sweat, sometimes we deal with that pers uh, perspiration that just becomes annoying, no matter what we do, no matter how much deodorant that we put on. Uh, sweat blocks antiperspirant wipes are a one use up to seven days coverage, meaning I wipe on Monday, I don't have to wipe again until Sunday or Monday of the next week, and it handles that, uh, the, that sweating. It handles those odors perfectly. I'm using sweat block right now, and I am perfectly dry, even despite all of the emotions and all the intensities uh, of this game at times. Plus, it can get a little toasty here inside the Golden One Center, especially when there's 17,000 people in the building like there were tonight. Sweat block is amazing. You can use it for so many different occasions. It's so easy to use. And right now, Locked On has a special deal for you. If you go to sweatblock.com and order, you can use promo code Locked On to get 20% off. Sweat block is also available for you on Amazon. And hey, with the holiday seasons, not a bad thing to think about for a small but necessary and very useful stocking stuffer. Give it a try. Sweat block. It'll solve those odor and perspiration problems. All this talk about Diaries Halliburton, all this talk about Buddy Heald, and tonight was a big night for DeMontis Sabonis as well. He did not get to play against the Indiana Pacers when the Kings beat the Pacers in Indiana last season, towards the end of the season, because I think he was in health and safety protocols or something at that time. So this was his first real shot at Indiana. I'm sure it's going to mean more for him later this season when the Kings actually play the Pacers in Indiana. Knock on wood, he's actually playing in that game. But Sabonis had a lot of reasons to want to win this game too, not just for the sake of ending a three-game uh, Kings losing streak. And like I said earlier, Keegan Murray was saying how much they wanted to win this game for him. Sabonis, though, I'll be honest with you, like the reason why I'm waiting until this point in the podcast to talk about him, he wasn't that memorable tonight. Like there wasn't a, oh my goodness, DeMontis Sabonis moment in this game. He was just okay. Like he was just solid, 11 points. Five of nine shooting from the field, 10 rebounds, seven assists. So once again, kind of flirted with a triple-double. Really the only thing I remember about Sabonis' game is him getting in and out of foul trouble, picked up two fouls in the first quarter, picked up his third foul that was taken away by a challenge, and then given he got issued another foul later for like a really bad uh, offensive foul, going for a rebound or loose ball foul, and, and he wasn't happy with that. Picked up his fourth foul at one point. Uh, in the third quarter, had to get taken out of the game. Other than foul trouble, which I was monitoring, I didn't really pay too much attention to Sabonis' game, to be honest with you. It wasn't that memorable, but it doesn't matter when the Sacramento Kings win. It was another good team win for the Kings tonight. There are a lot of different players that I can talk about and will talk about, and I'll continue to do that here on the podcast. Let's talk about De'Aaron Fox, because a lot of people are thinking or feeling like something's wrong with Fox a little bit right now, like he's a little banged up or, or something's going on. And let me tell you this. I can tell you this for an absolute fact, having covered De'Aaron's entire career here in Sacramento. De'Aaron plays banged up a lot. <laughs> like De'Aaron gets bumps and bruises a lot. For someone his size, how physical he is, how much he attacks the basket, De'Aaron goes amongst the trees and he, he walks out banged up almost every single time. Like I don't know if De'Aaron's hurt right now. He sure seems a little bit different from how he started the season, to say the absolute least. And De'Aaron didn't score his first point until early on in the second quarter or something like that. He only had one shot midway through the second quarter, and he'd only played 10 minutes. But he ended the second quarter on a little bit of a push, and his final stat line is encouraging. He finished with 19 points, went 7 of 11 from the field, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. I really felt like this was going to be a big game or needed to be a big game from him because as much as... 
Tyrese Halliburton is, is a part of the narrative. The Kings traded Tyrese Halliburton away. The Kings, to some extent, chose De'Aaron Fox over Tyrese. There's a million reasons why and a million asterisks to that narrative that I've gone over before. I don't need to go over now. But I guarantee you there was part of De'Aaron Fox's brain that was saying, look, I know the connections that I have with Tyrese, even if I, I like them or not. There's never been any indication to suggest at all that Tyrese and De'Aaron did not get along, regardless of how they struggled to coexist on the floor together. Like they, that was, that was never a question whether or not they liked each other or anything like that. But I guarantee you, De'Aaron came into this game a little bit going, okay, I'm not going to allow Tyrese to come into my building to have this homecoming and make my fans regret trading him over me. I kind of expected that from De'Aaron. Didn't really get that, that intensity from Fox because it wasn't really needed. I thought he was kind of nonchalant early on in this game. Again, he didn't necessarily look like himself. To finish with that stat line, had a couple of big moments, had a really nice turnaround jumper over Tyrese Halliburton. The two of them barely guarded each other at all in this game, which I was a little disappointed with, but again, I understand why. The Kings didn't need De'Aaron to be superstar because they were in control of the Indiana Pacers basically from start to finish. I don't know if Fox is hurt right now. I'm sure he's dealing with some bumps and some bruises. He won't really talk about it, but if this is a slow, quiet stat line for De'Aaron. You'll take a stat line like this in a win any night of the week. I should have talked about Harrison Barnes earlier. I'll be honest with you, because I think a lot of people are going to kind of brush this Harrison Barnes performance under the rug. One, because it's Harrison Barnes. And two, because of so, I mean, of all the attention on all, all, all the other narratives. But I thought Harrison Barnes was the best player for the Sacramento Kings tonight. Maybe Malik Monk is his, his number one competition. But Harrison Barnes... Had 22 points, went 6 of 9 from the field, so uber efficient. 6 assists, 2 steals. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading Malik Monks. 6 of 9 from the field, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, and he was a plus 30 in 26 minutes. That is an incredibly efficient stat line from Harrison. Anytime you'll get 20 or you're getting 20 or more points from Harrison, it's an absolute bonus. And you should be winning that game, unless it's a blowout and Harrison's just shooting shots for the sake of shooting shots, which shouldn't really happen. Like... That's a big performance from Harrison Barnes. He stepped up, and I thought he was good in this game from start to finish. He was aggressive early. The Kings were trying to get him going early, and he responded with a really solid game. So I know it's Harrison. I know sometimes we just kind of forget about it because he's Harrison, not the most exciting player to watch even when he scores. But don't brush that under the rug. Don't dismiss or forget about what Harrison was able to do in this game because he was essential to the Sacramento Kings winning this game just like Malik Monk was. Malik has been on a freaking tear, man. Malik has been so good for the Kings over the last couple of weeks off the bench. Mike Brown said he should be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He absolutely should be at my at, at this point right now. If he's not a front-runner, he's got to be top two. Malik Monk is playing so well. He continued to play extremely well. And the thing with Malik is he is the flash and flair that the Sacramento Kings team needs with the efficiency, right? Like, for the most part, these Kings don't really play with a lot of like pizzazz and in your face. Like compare them to a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, right? Where it's just dunks and flash and flair and celebrations or Steph Curry turning around mid three point shot, knowing it's going in and, and kicking his feet up the sideline. Like Kings don't really have that. They have Kevin Herter with his kind of three point celebration and things like that. But the Kings aren't necessarily a flashy and flair type basketball team. Malik Monk provides that flash and that flair off the bench for Sacramento. 
in a major way. He does a great job off the bench, bringing energy, bringing fun, bringing up pizzazz, and there's a buzz in the building when Malik comes into the game. He uses that. Now, he didn't have as good of a game as he had the other night in the loss of the Phoenix Suns, but I would argue he was just as impactful. 20 points, six of nine shooting from the field, six assists, two steals in just 20 minutes. The man can just score. He's a microwave. He can come in and give you instant offense, which is the one thing I was looking at the most when the Sacramento Kings signed him this offseason. I've seen a lot of comparisons. I think tonight I saw Kenny Carraway from ESPN 1320's D-Lo and KC. I saw Kenny talking about uh, Malik Monk being this team's Iman Shumpert. Remember Iman Shumpert from 2018? He labeled the Kings the Sacramento scores, right? And he had kind of that swagger, and he was that, that voice in the locker room that kind of fired this team up. And when the Kings traded him away, that all kind of went away. I understand the comparison, and this is not meant to be disrespectful for Iman Shumpert. Malik Monk is way better than Iman Shumpert ever was. So that the fact that Malik can be that glue guy that can keep these, this team together, that he can come in off the bench and change the game the way he does, provide quick offense, get his teammates involved, keep this team together when they're in the low points, and make them have fun and enjoy themselves when they're at their high points, but still be a six-man-of-the-year candidate. Iman Shumpert could never do that for this Kings team. Again, no disrespect for Iman. I understand the comparison by the importance that Malik is to this roster, and I agree with it. But make no mistake about it, Malik Monk is way better than Iman Shumpert was for the Sacramento Kings, and I think he'll continue to prove that. Still got a lot to talk about. I got a lot of praise to give you. Yes, you, whether you are in this building or at home, but particularly the fans in this building. I got some love to share for you, and I hope you got some free cookies. I'll explain in just a second. Before that, though, I want to tell you about an all-new sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast, ExpressVPN. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something that you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are available in other countries but not here in the USA. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. This will change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge like The Office on UK Netflix. It's so simple to do. You can sign into Netflix, fire up Express ExpressVPN, that app, change the location of the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. It lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries that you can go through. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service like Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows because it's ridiculously fast. Like I said, you just change the country, refresh, and you are done. And there is no lag issues. You can stream in HD. My wife and I do it all the time. No problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch it on the big screen or you can watch it on the go. If you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. The third quarter, even though the Kings, I think had their highest scoring quarter of the season, it got rough at points. For some reason, the whistles started going heavily against the Sacramento Kings, including a really ridiculous flagrant foul, I thought, against Malik Monk. But I digress. Different, different conversation for a different time. The Indiana Pacers got the game all the way back to within 12. They were down 25 or more earlier in that quarter. Got all the way within 12. I think the game was uh, like, I don't remember. It was like 80, 
I don't remember what it was, 76 to 88, something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was. But the Pacers were making a game of it. With a whole quarter remaining, maybe they could find a way to rally and, and come back and really steal this one from the Sacramento Kings. The refs weren't doing the Kings any favors. Miles Turner steps to the free throw line, misses his first free throw. Scott Moak, the PA announcer that you hear, he's the intro voice of the Locked on Kings podcast. Scott announces that if Miles Turner and the Pacers miss two consecutive free throws, then everybody in the arena gets free cookies. Well, suddenly this place got incredibly loud as if that free throw was to decide if the Kings win a championship or not. And I'm not exaggerating. It got loud in this building. Miles Turner misses the free throw. The place pops. I don't think I've ever heard the Golden One Center as loud as it was when it popped that much. And from that point on, the Kings, led by Malik Monk, went on a ma massive run. I think they went on a 9-0 run from that point. They ended up closing the quarter on a 19-8 run after winning free cookies. I give all the credit for that run. I give all of the credit to Sacramento Kings fans. The energy that they brought from Miles Turner missing two free throws and them getting free cookies clearly was picked up by the Kings. They went on that big run. At that point, the game was over. We didn't even need to play the fourth quarter. Didn't need to play at all. You deserve that credit. No one can claim they started that run but you. Your energy and your free cookies <laughs> started that Sacramento Kings push for them to really put the nail in the coffin before the fourth quarter even started. So I want to make sure you get credit for that. The Sacramento Kings bench was great in this game. I mentioned the 20 points from Malik Monk. They had 58 bench points total. Uh, Davis had 15 points. Metu had eight. I thought Chemezi Metu was really good in this game. Davion Mitchell had eight. Alex Len had four. Casey Akpola had three. Uh, the Kings did turn the ball over 18 times, which has been kind of a consistent theme over that three-game losing streak. That's not great, but it didn't really kill them in this game. And also, during this three-game losing streak, the Sacramento Kings have kind of gone away a little bit from the three-point shot. That wasn't the case tonight. They were letting them fly. They shot 43 threes, which is about around where they have been uh, for the majority of the season. Hit 16 of them, 37%. Not the best. You'd like to see that percentage higher, but ultimately, the Kings won. That three-point shot is back. It's great to see. It was a fun night inside the Golden One Center. I had a lot of fun, and I hope you did too. If you were at this game, I met many of you in this game. Thank you so much for coming up and saying hi. It was a pleasure to meet you, pleasure to talk to you. And for those of you who uh, experienced the energy in here or maybe from home, let's talk about it a little bit. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me how you're feeling after this big win. At Matt George Sack on Twitter, you can email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. For right now, though, we are done. Really appreciate your support, as always. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. <laughs>